Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We, we're going to have a different type of show today. Usually we talk about um, <clears throat> principles and things like that. Today we're going to talk about liberty and libertarianism with Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown Podcast and a number of other things. Uh, how's it going? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, always fun talking about uh, my favorite pastime, human <laughs> liberty. Um, so... <clears throat> I'm not sure most people really know much about the background of libertarianism and how, um, you know, a lot of it is a, a lot of it evolved, I guess, from, um, from Australian economic, or I'm sorry, Austrian economics and things like that. And, and, you know, right. Murray Rothbard and his writings. Um, but I think it's, you know, if you, if you lose all the definitions, right. Uh, and all the names, of the players involved to me it has always seemed like the most quintessential version of american ideal in politics right i agree i, I think it is the american ideal it's you know peace and prosperity and uh non-intervention like these are many of these ideas are foundational to the form formulation of our nation so uh, the fact that these ideas are now anathema to the point that you know the cia or the former cia john brennan lists us as potential domestic extremists it uh, it just demonstrates how far we how far away we are from you know the original concept of america very bizarre yeah um i've never been uh much of a fan of uh of politicians you know because they're the, no. they're the worst people on earth um <laughs> but i do wonder so so <clears throat> let's let's start from the beginning tell me about what libertarianism is Sure. Uh, I mean, it's at its core, I, I'm an anarcho-capitalist, so mm -hmm. there's some variations uh, within our camp. Uh, there's le more left-leaning anarchists that believe in like essentially communism, but voluntary communism, mm -hmm. which I don't believe that communism is ever voluntary because if you're going to require that everyone pool their assets against their will, uh, that's not really voluntarism, that's not libertarianism, and there's no property rights involved. Uh, I think that at its core, libertarianism is about property rights. You own yourself and you own your possessions, and the state has no uh, moral authority to remove either from you. Uh, so bodily autonomy when it comes to vaccine mandates, obviously that was completely unconstitutional, but it was also against human liberty. And in my opinion, you know, war criminal level stuff. Uh, so that at its core, it's about property rights. Um, beyond that, it's it's kind of... In, in alignment with classical liberalism, you know, free speech, uh, non-interventionism. That's about it. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's a pretty simple, um, you know, straightforward approach. It's kind of a do unto others as you'd like to have done unto you. Mm. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I like, uh, it's, it's certainly a thinking man's game, you know. It, it's not, it's not one of those microwave one size fits all no effort on your part required kind of ideologies, you know, it kind that of, is true. It, 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 I think a lot of people, um, associate libertarianism with a pie in the sky, just like communism, right? They, it's like mm -hmm. the, the general argument that it's never been done correctly. And that's why, um, you know, uh, uh, 
are from the from the side of the apologist and then from the side of the critic it's like what well, it can't be done correctly because it requires active buy-in from everybody involved and that's just not going to happen what how do how does that work in an anarcho-capitalist situation? Yeah, I mean, there there are people that are globalist libertarians that believe, you know, human liberty must be defended all over the globe. I am not one of them. I am of the belief that it is incumbent upon each of us as the individual with our family, neighbors, our community to dictate what kind of worldview we want to exist in. So I would greatly prefer to see a handful of states in America that still hold on to the foundational principles of, you know, property rights and a, and a small, uh, you know, extremely minimal state that I would like to see them break off and be their own separate nations and allow those that believe as most in California or New York do that they want to have an overpowering state that is, you know, capable of grave injustice. That's their preference. I, I, I still believe in human liberty, even when I think people are wrong. I think that you should have that right. But I also think you have absolutely no capacity to wield that power over me as someone who has never agreed to this social contract that you talk about so often. So I am I am most interested in just being amongst people that see the world the same way I do. And this is why the the Free State Project in New Hampshire has been uh, a pretty significant success for the libertarian community, where a bunch of libertarians have essentially used New Hampshire as a pil pilgrimage, where you know tens of thousands of them have congregated to try and take over the political establishment there. <clears throat> and how, um, you know, aside from um, that, from and we'll talk about the Free State Project in a moment, but aside from moving uh, to one specific location where everybody kind of agrees on this. How do you address people? Like I live in Texas um, right. and I'm not sure, like it, it is kind of a live and let live state for the most part, except for on abortion, which I, I don't agree with. But um, uh, I, I, fr I frankly, I just don't think it's any of my fucking business. But um, how do you how do you address people <laughs> that participate? Uh, I'm sorry, that that don't want to participate in that type of government. That is to say, small, limited, libertarian style, you know, representation that has things like term limits and very limited power, right? Like the, the mm -hmm. government essentially, like we're, we're, we employ bureaucrats instead of politicians, I guess would be the, the situation here. But how do you, how do you address people like that that want to, don't want to participate in, in, in an anarcho-capitalist or a libertarian style government? Yeah, well, the, the anarcho-capitalists believe in really fierce property rights so they believe in borders mm. you, know, you have you have the capacity to inform people that you know want to come in and create some sort of communist hellhole that you're not welcome here <laughs> i mean that's really it so um i think that 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 would really be if we if we were to actually do away with the state that's actually what you would see develop i mean this is not going to happen but this is probably what would happen if that were the case is that you would have people that share my belief system or or a, a variant um that want to live close to each other and create rules and restrictions for that that area and if you agree to them then you're welcome to stay and if you you know change your mind then you're welcome to leave so i think that's that's how you would deal with people like that um obviously also you know libertarians are huge you know second amendment gun rights mm. people um so ultimately if you have someone that's violent that's that's trying to you know <laughs> come onto your property you have every right to defend that so uh, i think that that would be the answer to it and um in this scenario where people are free to come and go as they want uh 
what right do does a libertarian or a narco capitalist have to tell them to leave if they don't follow the rules of that area? Oh no, people aren't welcome to come and go as they please. Okay. Uh, uh, some libertarians believe in open borders. I am not one of them. I think that property rights are are supreme, uh, far above you know your right as a human being to go wherever you want. Uh, I don't. Any libertarian doesn't really believe that at the end of the day, because if they believe that, then they believe that people have a right to just come into their home. They they don't believe that. They believe that they have property rights, and unless they're you know some sort of anarcho communist. Mm. They're just lying to themselves if they say that open borders are more in alignment with a libertarian worldview. There's couldn't be further from the truth. I, there is no perfect libertarian answer to the border situation, but people are absolutely not welcome to free and uh, you know come come and go as they please. Uh, you know, my property is my property, and I will yeah. defend it, life and limb. I, I so, guess in this <laughs> in this scenario, though, I meant more like let's say the state, let's just say a county inside of a state decided to be libertarian. Um, mm. and you know, as such, maybe there's somebody that already lives there that doesn't like that. Do they just got to fuck off or how does that work? I mean, what right do you have to tell them to leave? Well, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't really have that right to tell them to leave if they, if they already own property there. Um, I, I think this is, this comes down to really more of a flaw in democracy or the concept of majoritarian rule uh, more broadly that, because the majority now believes something that the minority doesn't, that the minority is asked out. You know, they got to they got to deal with it. But that's the name of the game. I mean, I, I was born and raised in San Diego, California, uh, spent 35 years there. And then during lockdowns, I fled to Florida. So sometimes, you know, when <laughs> when your environment becomes untenable because you're surrounded by a bunch of lunatics, which have voted for a bunch of scumbag criminals. Well, you got to move on. Mm. You got to go elsewhere. And I feel, I feel like, well, on the inverse that that's the same principle. You know, if, if I'm, if you find it so unbearable that I am interested in, you know, free trade and <laughs> like self-defense and you think that you can't live around me, even though I'm a totally kind, you know, uh, peaceful person. All right. Well then leave. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Sure. Um, one of the questions I get a lot or comments, I guess, is that it's like, yeah, this this all sounds like a good idea, but it requires. Uh, well, one, it will require that most people participate for it to be successful, which I think is true of any system. Right. Because uh, I, I think that's kind of a pedantic argument because um, uh, Plato said 2000 years ago or longer ago, I guess, uh, that if you refuse to take part in your own governance, you're doomed to be ruled by fools, right? This is not a new idea that right. that any system of government requires participation on behalf of the citizen um, to, well, to function I, properly, right? Yeah, and I, ironically, it's usually the conservatives that say that. And it's like, well, the conservatives have had their political apparatus, you know, ripped from underneath them because they they did not get involved in politics. And I don't blame them. I'm one of them to a certain extent. You know, I was an entrepreneur and a business owner and I I was not interested in politics. And I was just like, you know, these things will work themselves out. <laughs> I was wrong, man. Mm. I was dead wrong. Like you have to take you have to take, you know, ownership of your own community, your own town, your own city, whatever. Um and if you don't, well, then expect people that have really uh, malicious intent to do so. And that's what happened to the state of California. That's what happened to the state of New York and many, many others. So, um, but yes, I, I obviously I do agree. If you don't have 
buy-in from the from the people that you're around into maintaining civilization well then it's going to it's going to fall apart yeah i think it's uh, like broken window theory almost right you know it, it's like um when people look around and see things are shitty there is a tendency to just disassociate yourself because nobody wants to play for the losing team even though it affects every single part of every day of your life people will still be like oh i didn't I didn't vote for that guy, so I don't give a shit. It's like, all right, cool, right. man. That, that's right. that's one way to go through life, but just realize that you're fucking capitulating to the people that are trying to control your life. Yeah, and they are controlling your life in a way that I don't think many of us even understood until about three years ago. And we're like, holy shit, they have a lot of control over our lives. Mm. I had no idea a state governor could just decide that my business is shut down for over a year. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, or that I'm I'm forced to take a medical treatment, otherwise I can't ever work again. You know, I was self-employed, so that didn't apply to me, but it applied to millions of people in this country. I mean, we we found out that we do not exist in the land of the free anymore. So, as far as I'm concerned, as opposed to bitching about it, I am interested in getting involved. And and if I can't prevail in defending the state of Florida or the state of Texas or New Hampshire, well, then maybe I have to leave the country. Maybe. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there, but I'm going to fight until the bitter end. And until I feel like there's really all hope is lost, I think that, that human liberty is extraordinarily hard fought. You know, we there's tens of thousands, I mean, really more than that, of years of just absolute human suffering. And then you have this incredible period where you have enlightenment and you have this belief that free speech and open dialogue and trade amongst one another is the best formulation for society. And then you have these incredible savages that get into a boat and they spend a full month just getting scurvy and praying to God that they make it to this this land that they've never even been to, but they've heard good things about. And they get there and they're like, all right, let's give this a shot. Let's see. Let's see what we can do here. Let's take all of the lessons of all of our failings in governance of the past and let's remedy it with this new model. And then 250 years later, that incredible nation becomes the empire of the world. And it is ultimately deeply bankrupt and deeply corrupt and ruled by criminals. I'm not willing to give up on on what America was. What America is, I have completely given up on. It is it is a disaster. So I think that it's incumbent upon the people that actually see the world how I do. To stand up, to stop being so so afraid of being ostracized, it's like being called a you know racist or whatever nonsense label that they put on you just because you think that everything that's happening today is absolutely insane. You're not wrong. It is insane. It's it's clearly insane. The freaking former president of the United States just got indicted. They want to put him in prison for hundreds of years. And CNN, Rachel Maddow, just drops his his press conference as he's trying to make the defense for why he shouldn't be in pr put in prison for the rest of his life. We've never had an American president that's even been in this position, and they won't carry his press conference because they're certain that in his defense, he will potentially lie. I mean, this is just not the America that I grew up in, and I don't think it's overstating it to say that. No, I, I don't think. Well, you know, <clears throat> it's not a... I don't think we've got a lot of problems about defining people refer to things as America or our democracy and stupid shit like that all the time. Those are all meaningless phrases to me. You know, that's it's just nonsense. It's marketing, you know, right. Um, Branding. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to me, and I and I think this I think this is a true statement. Um, America is not the government or politicians or even the geography. Um it's the idea that individual liberty and 
personal entrepreneurship or the ultimate inoculation against tyrannical bullshit, right? I mean, that's kind of what, what we're all, that, that's kind of what we were all focused on back in the day. Now, there were assholes in the founding group of founding fathers as well. Like John Adams was kind of a cunt. Um, Alexander Hamilton was a massive piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there, there were a lot of guys that, like, Thomas Jefferson is a pretty good dude aside from, you know, fucking slaves and shit like that. But um, uh, at least his ideology and Ben Franklin's ideology were pretty on point. But that's what it yeah. is, right? It's like the, it's the idea that, has been our guidepost for a very long time. So yep. it's like America is this. And the idea was, we know we're not there yet, but we're going to try every day to get to this point, And then we're going to get there and maintain this point, which is to say, um, liberty only exists if it exists for everybody and all the time, right? That was kind mm -hmm. of the guidestone. Now we're kind of fucked, right? I mean, we're all over the place. And it's just been <sighs> these bureaucracies and political dynasties have grown into... Uh, it, it's just feudalism at this point, right? They're just, they're, they only exist to extract wealth from the, from the American population. That's, that's really the only reason they exist anymore. And I wonder... Yeah, well, it's fascism, really. Yeah, certainly, yeah. I mean, it just, uh, well, it, relatively recently, in the last 70 or 80 years, became fascism once corporate America got involved in everything. Maybe you could say in the early part of the 20th century with the timber industry and stuff, but certainly now. Um, Big time now. And I wonder, so... I've heard this comment a lot, and I'd like to get your reaction to it. A lot of people have said to me, if we were starting a country from scratch, libertarianism would be a really good idea. But implementing it now in the middle of this, I don't see how that's even possible. How do you, what's your response to that? I'm actually fine with that. I think that that's a, that's a fair concern. Like, um, you know, Ron Paul, for instance, who's kind of the scion of, of our ideology, he has said many times that, you know, to end the Federal Reserve overnight and to have all of our currency become worthless because we're going to some sort of decentralized, <clears throat> you know, privately ran currency system, like that would be catastrophic. Mm. So there's nothing wrong with incrementalism. There's nothing unprincipled about saying, yes, the end goal is this, but the intermediate steps have to be this, 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 this. I think that's totally fine. So, uh, you know, I agree with people like, I, for instance, many libertarians talk about open borders. As I've already said, I'm not one of them, but <clears throat> I've always said that if you want to get to a world where that's even a possibility, well, then you have to end the war on drugs because you can't have the cartels that are armed to the teeth and funneling drugs across the border as well as human beings. You have to end the war on terror because you can't be bombing you know, a dozen nations over the past 20 years and have all of these people that are absolutely furious with us that will come across our border and you know, commit acts of terrorism if the border were open. Like you have to take these things in steps. We didn't get to this disastrous point overnight, and we're not going to remedy it overnight. So, um, that being said, though, if I had the, if my only option was, do I smash this button and end the Fed today, or do I keep us where we're at right now? I'm smashing the button, you know. But that's, I'm a radical like that. A lot of libertarians probably would say, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Um, but I just think that ultimately, you know, tyranny deserves to be ended. So. If I have the if I have a, a light switch I can flick, I'm gonna flick it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I so I I actually wrote my master's thesis on how our border policy and the war on drugs has created a criminal smuggling class that's made everything far more dangerous and it's made I mean, nothing's gotten better. And and you know, it's essentially a powder keg, right? I mean, anytime anything goes wrong 
vis-a-vis border policy or uh, particularly when there's humanitarian crises in Central and South America. We always bear the brunt of it. Right now, it just happens to be about 85 million people overdosing on fentanyl a year, right? But this is yeah. just this is just the latest and a lot of fucking outcomes that, that were easily avoidable. You know what I mean? Um, of course. And now it's getting particularly violent for even tourists in, in Mexico, which is not great for them. It's certainly not great for us. Um, but, <clears throat> you know... To that point on the border, um, I know that you know federal authority is something that I I don't I don't I don't think the federal government should even exist, frankly. But let's move beyond Preach. that. Uh, let's <laughs> let's move beyond that. It's the federal government does exist and it's going to continue to exist probably. Um, but I don't until, think until hyperinflation. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I don't think that the federal government should be in charge of a state's right to secure their own border. I mean, that seems insane to me. Um, what, and and, you know, I live in Texas, so governor wheelchair here has tried to do a few things, although he's kind of a pussy about it, but he's tried to do a few things, um, to, uh, to, to defend the border against, uh, against this invasion that's happening. And then he, whenever he loses a lawsuit, he does tend to capitulate a little bit, which I would just tell him to go fuck themselves, frankly. But, um, Take that DeSantis angle to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not, right? But it is, to me, this is this. People ask me all the time, like, how do you fix what's going going wrong right now? And I would like to run this by my my main theory is that the only way to block federal power is to solve problems that they they're trying to solve without them, right? Um, the, their power comes from the need people have of them. You know, it's it's no very little difference between this or any general issue with the government and let's say the uh, welfare state over the last 60 years or so, where, you know, particular groups of the con- in the country have been on the tit. Right. And exactly just given enough to, to keep their head above water, but never to achieve any kind of upward mobility. Right. Like it's very intentionally done that way. Um but the states are welfare queens. Correct, yeah. So I think um, people ask me how to reverse all this and how to stop it. I've always thought that taking over local governments and then beginning the process of nullification, which has plenty of common and case law uh, and uh, uh, yeah, common and case law precedent, uh, and it's not not too long ago actually that it's been happening, like. California, Massachusetts, specifically on weed and gay marriage, right? Yep. Over the exactly. past 20 years uh, have done this very successfully. The um, left set, set the precedent. Yeah. Why, why is the right not using it? I have no idea. Well, the right is there. There, I don't think there is a right in this country, to be honest. Not not in the political. That's a fair point. Yeah. Not, not in the political establishment. I don't think that's a real thing. But yeah. Um, Controlled that, up. Yeah. That, that's always been my position. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. It's like when some local elections take over a city or take over a county and then tell the state, we're not doing any, we're not paying any taxes. You we are not doing any shit that you say to do until you stop sending our money to the federal government. Right. Bingo. Uh, exactly uh, right. And I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I'm, I'm a member of the Mises caucus, which mm. took over the libertarian party. Uh, you know, Dave Smith was kind of our, our leader in that takeover. Um, so we run the LP now. In fact, I ghostwrite for the LP national Twitter account. Um, and if you've noticed over the past year, since we took over, we talk a lot about this. The The whole idea of the Mises caucus is a decentralized revolution. We want as, you know, 
as low level power as possible, but we want to make it really solid. So we want to go after sheriff's offices and mayoral races and uh, you know city council and and try and create kind of enclaves of human liberty where we can actually push back and start to to work towards you know getting away from federal power. Um, so I think your your vision is exactly what the Libertarian Party is about today. You know, it may not have always been that. I, I think many people were delusional and they thought that federal elections were winnable. I, I just think that's crazy. I mean, if you don't have massive corporate donors that you've sold your soul to, uh, the odds of getting into that arena is slim to none, unless you're Ron Paul and you're mm. just some, you know, beautiful <laughs> doctor that's that's birthed everyone in your town and they're going to vote for you regardless of your crazy ideology. Um, you don't have much chance. So I think that that's, you're exactly right. Like that's, that's what we have to do is we have to focus on 10th amendment and state's rights and, and defang the federal government and ultimately defund it from the state level. Um, and then after that, you would actually have people that can see, I, I think that what's important and the reason that libertarianism is kind of comes across as this like utopic vision is because people haven't been able to see it tried. Mm. Like it's very important that you can actually prove that your ideas are not crazy. You know, communists have had their shot at their ideas and they suck in reality. Libertarians haven't really had their ideas. And the only time that they did, it was basically the formulation of America. And it worked out pretty fucking awesome. Right. So I would like to see us give that another go. But on a, on a smaller scale, just because I think it's unrealistic to go large scale and try and reform the federal government. But yes, uh, you know, local level and states rights is the answer to the border crisis, the drug crisis, all of it. I do feel like uh, <clears throat> most of the time, whenever whenever I see, I guess you, you, maybe you could call them casual libertarians, right? Um, anytime there's some popular libertarian figure, uh, they always try to elevate them to like, oh, like you should run for president. Like, why? What the fuck would the president do to make the United States more libertarian? You know what I mean? Right. Aside from, I, I guess, technically speaking, you could start canceling departments. Um which would be fucking well, hilarious, by the way. I mean, I if well, that that's that's what we would do if we got the power. But the, to your point, it's not going to happen. Like no. the the whole reason that we run a, a presidential you know candidate every every cycle is simply because it's an incredible marketing opportunity. Mm. Like that, if you're if you're spending your you know if you're blowing your whole wad on a presidential campaign, well, then you definitely have fucked up. Like that's not what you're supposed to be doing. But the whole reason that we you know got involved with the Mises caucus and took over the libertarian party is because most of us wanted to see Dave Smith run for president, not because we think he can win, but because we think he's an incredible messenger that can get on the biggest, you know, platforms like Joe Rogan. He's been on, I don't know, nine times now or something. Um, and, and wake people up to our worldview to let them know that, you know, there is a sane, uh, answer to all of these things. And, and we actually happen to believe that we have it. So, that's really what the presidential campaign for the Libertarian Party is about. It's it's just about the opportunity to get on big platforms and say the most courageous version of the truth. And and Dave does it better than anybody. Mm. Are there any? Uh, I, I'm not familiar with any personally, but are there any uh, you know independently wealthy people who are financing any kind of Libertarian Party campaigns? Not nationally necessarily, but statewide or or local elections. I, I'm not familiar with them, but I know that there's a handful. Um, it's, it's tragic, but here's the reality. Libertarians are very financially, uh, savvy. Mm. And those, those of us in that arena that have, you know, made a good amount of money, we realize that if we're going to buy a, a, you know, buy a politician, 
<laughs> we're going to buy one of the duopoly candidates. Like that's that's the truth. So if they're if they are buying, you know, libertarian speaking time, it's uh, it's ultimately just about propaganda. It's about marketing and trying to get our ideas out there to wake more people up. So they're not going to put the majority of their money to to that, you know. And I think that they're going to put the majority of their money to Thomas Massey's re-election or Rand Paul or any of the you know libertarian leaning. Uh, federal politicians, and I think that's what they do. Um, I can't, I couldn't prove that. I don't know that for a fact, but as a libertarian with a decent amount of money, that's what I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting tens of millions of dollars into, you know, Dave Smith's presidential campaign uh, because I think it's just a marketing, you know, exercise. I would rather have a congressman that is actually going to vote against, you know, the endless wars and things like that. Mm-hmm. This episode of Citizens also brought to you by Ghostbed com forward slash drinky bros right now ghostbed is offering 40 percent off ghostbed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base for everything else 30 percent off if you use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros if you get the uh 40 off deal if you use the 40 off bundle deal you're gonna get uh, a mattress and all your stuff your base your sheets your pillows all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month They've got a zero down, zero percent financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months. That's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com for slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket, they have everything you need there. 30% off everything. Use the code Drinking Bros at ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. This episode is also brought to you by Firstform. Firstform.com forward slash Drinking Bros. The product they really want you using is the Micro Factor. It's a complete daily nutrient pack. Now, what's in it? Antioxidants, CoQ10, great for heart health, multivitamins. Uh, greens and reds, which is to say fruits and veggies, then EFA, which is to say fats that you need. And then they got a probiotic in there as well. It's an easy little packet. You just dump it all in your fucking mouth and swallow, uh, probably with some liquid, preferably water. Um, they got all kinds of other great products as well. Uh, talking about those meat sticks, the breakfast sausage meat stick is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And of course, they have energy drinks. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. They got great protein, the best supplements on the market if you spend over 75 bucks you're going to get free shipping so go to firstform.com forward slash drinker bros and get those deals this episode is also brought to you by Babel. right now get up to 55 percent off your subscription when you go to babble.com forward slash citizen if you have an upcoming summer trip abroad um, my go-to travel hack is Babel. whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture that's where Babel comes in Babel's a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. Babbel's expertly crafted lessons are built around real life. You learn how to have practical conversations about travel, relationships, business, and more. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers and not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective, and you can choose from up to 14 different languages. In addition, Babbel's speech recognition technology 
helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent so you don't sound like an idiot. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, video stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash citizen. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash citizen for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. How many, uh, if, if you know the answer to this, I'm curious, how many uh, uh, members of Congress run, I'm sorry, how many people run for Congress uh, in either house under the libertarian banner each year? Because I don't see very many. Yeah, there's, I mean, I've seen quite a few, but I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's not it's not every race by any stretch. I mean, the the real I, I only got involved with the Libertarian Party two years ago. Like I, I've been a libertarian. I'm a second gen libertarian, so I've been a libertarian my entire life. But I was very disinterested in politics. Like I I was very passionate about my beliefs, but I was totally disinterested in politics. The lockdowns happen. I start Liberty Lockdown. I start to speak out very quickly. The Libertarian Party and all of my heroes within it, Tom Woods and Dave Smith and all these guys, they embrace me. So I've only been what like following the party closely for two years, basically, and yeah, uh, there's not there's not a ton of federal candidates. Um, let's get back to I, I want to talk about some of the principles that surround um, libertarianism. Ultimately, it's all about property rights, and the ultimate property right is is body autonomy, right? Your ability to yep. do what you want with your body and think whatever the fuck you want to think and say whatever you want to say as well, right? Yep, exactly. Um, and to defend it. Yeah, and that that's uh, to me that's a really smart approach because we get I mean look at the look at the US tax code, right? Like trying to understand that it's 75,000 goddamn pages or something. Um, anytime things get fucked up, no matter what it is, if you're a, uh, I use this analogy sometimes, but if you're a baseball player and your swing's fucked up, you know what I mean? You don't go out and try to uh, participate in a home run derby to fix your swing. You break it down, go back to the fundamentals, right? It's always occurred to me that the, uh, the powers that be in the American political regimes, um, they don't want to necessarily solve any kind of problem, right? Because anytime there's any kind of substantive disagreement between the two parties, that it, it, an industry builds up around that, whether it's abortion or poverty or drugs or social justice or whatever, like this for-profit industry builds itself around it. And even if you get to the point where you solve the problem, that can't, that's not okay, right? Because I, I've built this whole machine now. It needs to do something. And exactly. Uh, well, which is why they don't sell, solve the problem. Right. <laughs> and there, there is this, there's this phrase it's uh, solve problems don't get out the vote. Um, and I would add to mm -hmm. it solve problems don't raise campaign funds either. But it seems like, and I, people, I, I feel like people know this, right? There, there are people on the left and on the right who don't believe. Um, that the fight over like gun rights is real. They think it's bullshit. It's just like the Republicans say one thing but never do anything about it. The left says, I mean, the, the left says a lot, a lot. They actually try to do more stuff than the right does for sure. Um, yeah. Definitely. But a lot of these problems, like the, the left could solve, we, we could collectively solve poverty relatively easily, I think. Um, and it's not a funding issue. We've thrown hundreds, if not, uh, uh, you know, 
hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars at this over the years. Um, at poverty, at drug addiction, at all this stuff, uh, homelessness, and to, to very little effect. And the only thing I can imagine is that we just aren't trying at all to solve anything. You know what I mean? It, it, seem, it seems that way. Well, I think, I think it's partially that. And it's also partially that, you know, your, your solution, not yours, but broadly speaking, their solution is the problem itself. You, you have turned towards the state to deal with cultural issues. You don't do that. That's not how it works. You have to get back to the community level. You have to actually look after your neighbors, your friends, your family, your, your relatives, the homeless dude that's in your, in your church, you know, like you, that's sleeping there. Like you have to focus on the local level. You have to deal with that cultural decay if you're going to alleviate these issues. And, and ultimately the reason that we've gotten away from this small community, we look after our neighbors, we look after each other type of worldview is because we, we have given so much of the authority and also moral authority to the state. And we say, oh, I pay my taxes. I don't have to do any of this. Mm. I don't have to look after my friends and family. But ask the government, man. You know how much, you know, you know how much taxes I paid last year? Go get a handout. Mm. That's, not, that's not how you fix people. And I think that's part of the reason that we're dealing with such massive anxiety, depression, drug addiction, homelessness, is that we have given up on looking after one another. And, and I think that's the weird thing about um, you know, people that, that find libertarianism, you know, untenable is that they're not actually, I mean, they're just, they're just expecting to cast a vote once every four years and everything's going to get better. Like that's fucking crazy. Mm. <laughs> do you know, do you know how like damaged we are as a civilization right now? Like you think that just casting a vote for Donald Trump or Joe Biden, for God's sakes, is going to fix all that ails. That's totally delusional behavior, but they think I'm delusional. Like that's the, that's the really gaslighting part about this. They think the libertarians are the crazy ones. I'm like, no, I, I believe that we can solve these issues. And I, and I also believe that we do have a, a moral, you know, reason, maybe not a responsibility, but certainly a more moral calling to look after those that are, you know, down on hard times. I just don't believe that the state is that answer. And I don't believe having me be robbed against my will by the federal government to alleviate this issue is moral or is the answer either. So I think that's that's really to get to the core of it is that we have to take more personal responsibility. Libertarianism is about personal responsibility almost as much as it is about property rights. As you were saying, we have to have buy-in. We have to have people that are actually committed to to making this thing work. We've gotten lazy. I mean, really, we have. Uh, Americans broadly are just so lazy. We're not doing anything to actually fix the problems. We just bitch. We just see the, the homeless encampments. You, I mean, I fled California because it was so out of hand. But it's it's a it's a long running issue, and you're absolutely right. Throwing more money at it is not the fix. Sure. Um, yeah. That's uh, man. It just it it's tough because I feel like I've had this conversation mostly with my conservative friends. And they think that <clears throat> they they think that uh, well I'll I'll say things like this and I believe in incrementalism as well that's that's why my plan would be to take over local governments and and start the process of nullification but I do yep. ask them like if the federal government just disappeared today how would that let let's say there wasn't uh, for, forget about currency and stuff like that 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 we you know just about your day to day life what exactly would change about your day to day life. Um, if the federal government completely disappeared right now? And the answer is 
are varied. It's like, well, you know, we wouldn't have people watching out to make sure that our food is and water are safe and things like that. National defense, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, right. cool. You know, we've only had a standing army since World War II. So <laughs> right. that's not something that's necessary. I don't, I don't think we should have a standing army. I think it's preposterous that we have a fucking standing army. But um, The founders were just very, very against a standing yeah. army. And I was in one. <laughs> I was in it, by the way. And right, I still right, don't right. think it should exist. Um, but it's that. It's like, who's going to protect us against this and that? I was like, well, the courts, if, if it, here's the difference in a libertarian system where the courts are truly unbiased, meaning they don't report to the executive, or I'm sorry, they don't, yeah, they don't report to the executive branch at all or uh, to the legislature. They just, the courts exist on their own. They're arbiters. Right. Um, when a company, like a pharmaceutical company, gets kills a bunch of people as they are wont to do on a regular fucking basis. Um, yeah, a lot. <laughs> that company gets fined out of existence completely. They don't get to pay some political donations and then keep their same name, file bankruptcy, keep the same name, and then go right back at it. Like the Oxycontin producer. They got yep. fined, what, $9 billion, I think, two years ago. Um, filed bankruptcy, didn't pay the fucking fine, and then just continued operating and continued producing Oxycontin. Yeah, because the you know biomedical you know research facilities and and corporations own our politicians correct uh, yeah so it's like all you're doing in this scenario is removing the corrupt politician from it right like there still may be some corruption but at the end of the day you have recourse against them without a hurdle like i can go exactly. after them right and i think okay, well and and also just to clarify something in a libertarian society there would be real liability not just in terms of financial if you if you falsely market a product as safe and non-addictive and you know factually and we can prove it that it was very highly addictive and lethally so and you you know sold it to tens of millions of people that ended up becoming you know many of the homeless people we see on the streets mm -hmm. today you go to jail you don't just lose your wealth billionaire family you go to prison for the rest of your life because you're responsible for the death of people. That is criminal. That is criminal liability, not civil. So, uh, look, we don't have civil or criminal liability, and and the pol the political class is the same way. I mean, this is why it's so profound that they're actually prosecuting Donald Trump. It's like he's one of the only uh, you know presidents in my lifetime that I don't think was like definitely needs to be in prison for the rest of his life. Like yeah. every other president, I'm like, put them in jail forever, please. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's how it works. I mean, you don't have justice. You just have political, you know, attacks or hit squads. It, like Barack Obama should absolutely be in prison for, um, Anwar Al-Awlaki, American mm -hmm. citizen that he, you know, assassinated from, from a fucking drone. From Phoenix. Yeah. He, he, he was a Phoenix guy, grew up in Phoenix. He was an American citizen, yeah. um, who he radicalized, uh, uh, Nadal Hassan, the Fort Hood shooter, um, and quite a few others, right? He he's uh, oh Anwar did. I'm talking about his son. Are you Anwar are you talking about the nine eleven attacker? No, no, no. Anwar Al Awlaki is the uh, he 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 radicalized Nadal Hassan, the Fort Hood shooter, from like what was that 2010 or some shit? I don't remember what year it was. Um, yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, he was the he was the guy in contact with him. They were planning on sending him a wife at some point because he was a fucking loser. Um, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, you can't you can't execute American. Oh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't know? matter. Um, 
So did, I, I did, just think that like there's there's a lot of politicians that ought to be in jail, and there's a lot of corporations and heads of corporations that ought to be mm. in jail. In a libertarian community, they would be, um, but that's not where we're at. Certainly not. No, and I'm not defending uh, Obama murdering the guy. Um, although, frankly, I probably would have murdered him, not with a drone strike. I would have shot him in his fucking face, but um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a private citizen, you know what I mean? So, um, uh, but anyways, yeah, he it, it's people made the justification for that because he's a bad guy. And I keep telling people this. You start setting precedent like that. You start allowing people to be just because they're called an enemy combatant and that strips their fucking citizenship and their rights away what's going to happen when you're an enemy combatant when you're a domestic violent extremist or whatever the fuck they're saying now when you're a mom at a pta meeting say hey how about stop telling my kid how to suck dick maybe because he's yeah. fucking seven you know what and, i mean and little do you know that there's an fbi informant that's standing to your left i yeah. mean yeah that's that's where we're at this is why the libertarians were so against the patriot act it was like people are like oh you love fucking saddam hussein it's like no dumbass I realize that if you empower the federal government to spy without any sort of, you know, you have a secret court, you have the FISA court where you just have to go in there and get fucking 99.5% rubber stamped approval to to spy on any American. It's like, well, that's a disaster. That means we have no privacy in this country. And what does that mean? It means that the federal government will eventually, once it's alleviated whatever foreign terrorism issue it's dealing with, the self-licking ice cream cone of the military industrial complex is going to turn inward and it's going to start looking at us and, and that's it, what's happened and it is yeah it's it's I, I don't know why this is such a hard point to get across to people I, maybe it's just tribalism maybe they're fucking stupid but anytime Both. there's any kind of uh, uh law or even precedent set that gives power to the state or power to any organization frankly that has you know control over other people you have to imagine that power in the hands of your worst enemy because it vo- eventually it will be right and, I, and I, I don't necessarily mean the uh, opposite political party either. I mean the the duopoly in general or, um, you know, I think right now America is more poised to see a madman rise to power, you know, vis-a-vis the 1930s in Germany than ever before in our history. I don't think it would have ever been possible until now. And I, I, and I, I look at people like Gavin Newsom, I'm like, that guy right there is dangerous like he if he i i frankly i think he's going to run for senate this year i don't know that he wants to get into this quagmire of a presidential race unless biden trips down the stairs and is incapacitated or something but um he's he's got his eyes on it for sure right and he's he's he wrecked san francisco he wrecked the state of california afterwards both as uh vice governor lieutenant governor and then governor and he's coming for america he's coming he's coming to fucking you know, this, I, it's the, he, he might be the most gaslighting politician I've ever seen, to be honest, because he, there's oh, like bro. a very recent track record of just annihilating fucking economies. He went from like a, <laughs> what do they have? Like a $29 billion surplus last year. And they're, they just defaulted on 18 and a half billion in debt this year. It's like, uh, what the I fuck? Hadn't even, I hadn't even heard that, but it doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah. Look, look, I fucking, I am a, Gavin Newsom refugee. I fled California because this guy's such a disaster. I was on Timcast last week and I was just ranting at people. I was like, listen to me, America. When I tell you this guy is the most dangerous politician walking the earth today, I am not exaggerating. He will absolutely fucking wreck the United States. Like he's already floating the concept of some new amendment to the constitution that, you know, 
you know, gun rights or gun bans, but it's constitutional because he's getting an, an amendment to the Constitution. Well, he's right. It would be constitutional if you actually got you know, two-thirds of the states to ratify or whatever requirement it takes. But if you want to see a civil war in this country, that's how you do it. You know, you actually go after the guns. I mean, the, the left talks about it a lot, but if you come to all of the good old boys' houses and you say, give it up or else, it's going to be or else. Yeah. And I'm horrified at this guy. And I think that he's like, I never thought that America could actually see a civil war. I really didn't. But Gavin Newsom's, he's a fast pass to it, dude. Like that that guy is super dangerous. I am not overstating. I, I honestly think he's the most malicious, psychotic, vindictive, narcissistic, egotistical, just vacuous, vapid, disgusting, despicable human being on earth. So please, please, for the love of God, don't vote for him. Well, he's, <laughs> yeah, I mean... I live in Texas and you live in Florida, so it's not going to happen in either one of these states. But uh, no, no, no. But he, I think he's going to run for president someday. Uh, certainly someday. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm not convinced yet that he's going to um, that he's going to run in 24. I think it would be a mistake for him personally to run in 24. To be honest, I, I, going Maybe. going going to the Senate first and then putting some distance between him and the chaos he's created in California and, and just because he doesn't have any foreign policy chops at the moment right that's it, right. usually it's hard to get um well there there have been some governors who've been elected uh reagan and uh clinton and, and bush all in a row right mm -hmm. but it's it's kind of a it's kind of a thing now um you you at least have to have a vp that has some foreign policy uh chops but anyways um yeah i mean you have to have allies within the swamp and i just don't know that he has that but Look, I think he's being groomed for it. I really do. And he clearly wants it. So I'm just saying don't uh <laughs> don't don't rest too easy. Like this guy this guy is absolutely coming for it. So and and you know, I never thought Joe Biden could get fucking elected president. So I I am no longer willing to say, "Oh, it doesn't matter that he destroyed the greatest state maybe in the world." Yeah. <laughs> like like I, it doesn't matter. The, the 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 left if the media tells the left to vote for him, they will fucking vote for that guy. So we'll see. Do you think that's true if it's somebody like DeSantis instead of Trump, though? I'm not sure that people hate DeSantis as much as they hate Trump. I don't think I don't think the left gets that boost of never Trump if, that's if true. DeSantis runs. I mean, who knows? They're, they're trying really hard to make him sound like a like a crazy yeah. fascist. But it's like I, maybe he is who the fuck? I don't know. him, But um, <laughs> it certainly doesn't appear that way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, you're right. Obviously, the never Trump contingent would would be deactivated somewhat with DeSantis. But, you know, the media is really capable of creating a new boogeyman very, very rapidly. Um, I mean, if you remember, George Bush was Hitler uh, and Mitt Romney was Hitler and Donald Trump was Hitler. And I, I assure you, they can turn DeSantis into Hitler, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it's ironic that all these Hitlers are all right wingers instead of, you know, how Hitler was a, a leftist. But right. <laughs> you mean a national socialist? Yeah. Um, uh, like like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I, I don't honestly, I think DeSantis, you know, stepped on his dick with the uh, his presidential loss or, or launch on Twitter. And, and like he just doesn't have the charisma mm. that Donald Trump does. And I think I think Trump, if he's not put in prison, is pretty much, you know, front row seat to this next election, but I could be wrong.
Yeah, we'll see. I don't really give a shit to be honest. I mean, it's it's yeah, I, I it, it's <laughs> it's interesting to see what happens. I mean, I'll always err on the side of the person that wants to tax me less. I don't give a shit who it is because yeah. t- typically that means that they want to interfere in my life less in other ways as well, right? Um, like you're not people don't people rarely buy goodwill from the public by lowering taxes just so they can become more authoritarian in other ways. Although that's what George W. Bush did, um, you know. He, th- this is something that I want to ask before we get out of here. Two questions, actually. The first is uh, differentiate between the American left right now and libertarianism and then do the same for the American right. Because, um, sure, like the American right is no longer conservative and hasn't been for a very long time, probably since Nixon. Um, uh, I, I don't really, I'm not, there's a lot of people on the right that are fanboys for Reagan who raised taxes. In five of the eight years he was in office, was conducting all kinds of fucked up wars without the approval of Congress and stuff like that. Anyways, uh, start with the left, though. Sure. Uh, I mean, the left, and I'm speaking broadly. So any good leftists out there, calm your tits. I'm not talking about you. But broadly, <laughs> the left is completely 180 degrees counter to a libertarian worldview. They don't believe in free speech or open dialogue or delay or, or debate or... Uh, non-interventionism. I mean, they're the fucking, ch- you know, salivating blood dripping down their face about uh, World War Three with uh, with Russia because they've been psyoped into this whole, you know, Russia, Russia Gate shit under Donald Trump. Um, so, and and always, and then they also believe in an enormous state and massive taxation, and, and they don't believe that, you know, in property rights or gun rights. I, like, tell me in any way that the the modern left is like me. Like I, I can't, I can't think of one way. <laughs> so they're, they're my enemy as far as I'm concerned, because they are, you know, basically neo-fascists and I'm like, but they think that I am, which is totally fucking crazy. It's like Gavin Newsom with the gaslighting you were talking about mm. the modern, right? Well, how do you, how do you address that though? When Pete, when leftist people, and I, I agree there are, uh, not to quote Donald Trump, but there are good people on both sides. Some people are of just, course. You know, uh, some, I think just not sending their best. Yeah. So a a lot of people are pretty ignorant about, you know, some certain things, but I don't think everybody out there is necessarily uh, a nefarious character. But how do you tell somebody like, I I don't understand how a leftist could say to anybody that they're like a Nazi or that they're authoritarian because I I just want to be left the fuck alone. Leave me alone. And that, yeah, how, well, like, that makes explain, you explain to me how that makes me authoritarian, <laughs> because that is literally the opposite of authoritarianism. I, I couldn't explain it to you if I tried, man. Okay. I've been I've been dealing with this for three years as I've, you know, railed against the vaccine mandates from these people who are, um, you know, used to be highly skeptical of corporate power and now believe that I should be mandated to take a corporate product at at threat of my livelihood. You know, I, these people are fucking out of their minds. They're just totally crazy. And as I as you you know clarified, not all. There are some people on the left that still believe in free speech. They most of them still don't believe in gun rights because they're fucking stupid. Mm. Um, but and and many of them are still against war. So like, God bless those people. But I'm talking broadly in terms of the the federal politicians that they vote into power time and time and time again. I mean, Joe Biden, they just fucking put Joe Biden into office. That dude's responsible for locking up more minorities than anybody, any American politician. 
and, and, his v- and his VP ran the program in the largest state in the country. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they're they're just total scumbags. The politicians are, but they vote for him. So I'm gonna put that I'm gonna put that onus on you guys. I don't know what the fuck happened to the left. I mean, mm-hmm. I I do I do kind of know because I've studied a lot uh, ESG and the the whole manipulation of their their worldview. This kind of virtue signaling, the corporate takeover of their minds, is really what happened uh, circa 2010 um, Occupy Occupy Wall Street era. Uh, and now they're fucking you have gay pride parades that are on top of, you know, Halliburton <laughs> or Northrop Grumman uh, floats uh, these. They're just so stupid. Um, the right used to be really bad. It used to be very the ne- when the neoconservatives took it over. It got really, really ugly for a while. Um, I've never agreed with them when I was a kid. They they were also the ones that were talking about, you know, banning rap music and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't love that, <laughs> obviously. Um, you know, in hindsight, it seems like very minor compared to the, you know, incursions of my liberty that's happened mm. as of late. But when I was a kid, I was like, dude, you guys are so freaking weak. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but then they became like massive war hawks. And from a libertarian perspective, that's a total non-starter. Uh, they also supported the Patriot Act and they supported spying and that and, you know, doing away with civil liberties and and torture and trial, you know, uh, imprisonment without trial and uh, extrajudicial murder and wars that aren't declared. I mean, the right was awful, like all through the 2000s. And then, you know, the Obama administration comes in, he implements diversity, equity, inclusion, and all this other nonsense that totally rips the soul out of this country and starts to make everyone focus on race and these immutable characteristics that we were all past, but now we're all racist because we don't want to talk about it. Okay, okay, fine. Um, But the right has gotten a lot better. They're they're the ones that are uh, and this tends to be what happens when either of the the parties are out of political power. They kind of get back to their general belief system because they realize, oh, like this, this government can hurt me. This is a problem for me. So I don't want the government to be this powerful. Mm -hmm. That's when they they sound more libertarian because they realize it. Oh, I'm being completely trampled. I'm completely at the mercy of this completely corrupt totalitarian regime. And. It'd be nice if the government was not powerful enough to do that. So I'm like, all right, you guys sound good. You want free speech. You want debate. You want bodily autonomy. You don't want these wars. Uh, you know, you're skeptical of the propaganda that's leading us towards World War III with Russia. Awesome. So I, as of today, I am much more in alignment with the right than I am the left, but it hasn't always been that way. Sure. Um, yeah, the early 2000s were kind of challenging, to be honest, although it was I, I think that was the beginning of the uniparty bullshit. Um, because everybody, everybody kind of had their hand in the cookie jar there. Um, I've been asking people who are like, I'm a lifelong Republican. I, I vote Republican no matter what. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and you believe in small government, right? They're like, yeah. I'm like, so your guy Bush presided over the largest expansion of the federal government in American history. Is that ring any bells? Remember that one? Um, <laughs> remember the Patriot Act, right? Do you remember that yeah. stuff? Like he, he gave not only the government more broadly, immense power that it never had before he gave himself the office of the president immense power that it never had before um and you know what the fuck so how (laughs) how, so how do you i mean i just you know i think that one of the better ways to debate this stuff is just to ask people questions like is is that are you okay with what happened and like no but i agree more with the right than the left exactly really do you do you yeah, did, I mean, did you in 2003 did you agree more with the right and left like based on the Overton window right now if you were able to to pluck yourself out of space and time and put yourself in 2003 you would probably have agreed more 
with the dissenting left than you do with the right on most issues, as a matter of fact, right now. Yeah, so what does that say about modern culture that we're still playing this tribalism game? It is, it, we're, we're on the same team we were, even though the team has changed, it's unrecognizable. So yeah. how does that make any fucking sense? Well, it's perfect that you picked 20, uh, 2003 because uh, you know it's it's a tried and true you know s- story as old as time that the conservatives are always holding on to the victories of the progressives from 20 years ago and that's really where we're at you know the right is pretty cool with gay marriage and all this other shit that was you know they were fighting uh, they're they're cool with you know uh ending the wars and they're cool with drug decriminalization and many of them are now um so you know i'm good with the conservatives uh, uh of that worldview of that 2003 leftist worldview. Like I think that's where that's like, that was a fairly decent balance, um, especially opposing the Patriot act. And, um, but that's, that's just not where the left is today. And the left has come, you know, they've completely been uh, just, they've just gone off the deep end, man. And I honestly think that like, it's, it's no longer optional to sit on the sideline and oppose them. Like they are, it's existential. Like they're they are sprinting headlong into a nuclear exchange with the most well armed nuclear power on earth. And they can't look, Russia can't fuck with us militarily aside from their nuclear mm. arsenal. So what does that mean? That means that their only option to defend themselves, if we have politicians that are crazy enough to do it, is their nuclear arsenal. Do we want to play that game? Because we are playing that game actively today. And and I feel like not enough people take this seriously. I mean, you're you were in the military. You tell me, am I am I overstating the concern? Because it's it scares the shit out of me. Um, you're definitely right that Russia can't fight us militarily. As a matter of fact, I would say China can't either. China China would be able to. They would be able to fuck with our electronic infrastructure more than Russia, and that would be a problem as far as battlefield preparation goes and things like that. But just straight up military strategy and equipment uh we could we we would level china as well right but that we're, so. we're we're be, oh yeah but we're we're beyond that point right like we're not going to get into a, a hot a ground war with a superpower this is that it, it hasn't happened for fucking what 80 years it's not going to happen and if it does yeah. that's that's it right we're fucked at that point no, um, i think it's nuclear at that point yeah, and it depends. I mean, luckily, I, I think that the Kremlin as a whole is a lot more reasonable than people give him credit for. And I don't mean Putin. I think Putin is he, – he thinks he's Peter the Great. He wants to reestablish the Russian Empire and blah, blah, blah. He's just some fucking dipshit politician. You know what I mean? He, this one just happens to be a murderer from the old KGB. But um, there are a bunch of dissenting people around him all over the place in the Kremlin. Like I understand people think that it's a truly authoritarian regime and they try really hard to do that. But Russia is incompetent in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like they, it's not yeah. nearly as in control as people like to fucking project like, oh, he's he's the fucking czar. of Russia. No, he's not. He's a fucking politician. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of I people mean, he, stopping him he, from he, doing shit he wants to do right now from within inside his own fucking government. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the dictator at the pleasure of the oligarchy. Yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the oligarchy really runs shit. So, and they care um, about the bottom line. They don't give a fuck about Peter the Great. They care about their bank account. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's but, like, but but they will profit if they if they conquer in Ukraine. Um, but sure. look, I've I've just debated destiny about this a couple months ago. You know, I read Scott Horton's uh, book, mm. Provoked. It's it hasn't been out yet. It'll be out soon. Yeah. But Scott Horton's probably the greatest you know scholar in the anti-war libertarian realm and this thing is a fucking masterpiece it's just quote after quote of american diplomats that are are detailing all of the ways in which the uh, american you know 
deep state or um, State Department fomented this war, this conflict, and it, and it was avoidable. So, well, I agree with you. I don't I don't have any affinity for Putin. I think he's a fucking scumbag. But mm. it doesn't change the fact that I am not interested in World War Three over which corrupt government rules the eastern yeah. portion of Ukraine. Yeah. I'm just fucking not. Dude. Yeah. So. It's crazy. It's crazy that we're doing it. And then you add on top of that, all of the corruption that exists within the Ukrainian government itself. And then on top of that, you have a sitting president whose son was making God knows how much money, you know, just shilling bullshit deals there for the political establishment. It's like it's just it's so deeply corrupt and crazy, but it, it has existential stakes at the end of the day. So <sighs> nerve wracking. Yeah, it's it's really stupid. I, I don't I don't think. Uh... I don't think there's a whole lot of chance that a nuclear war would happen, frankly, um, because the oligarchs, sure the oligarchs would not allow it. That would be that would spell doom for them. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the I know they're pretty divested, but they're hurt. I think they're hurting right now. I think they thought this was going to happen a lot quicker than it really did. Um, the the wheat and natural gas exports from Russia and from Ukraine, especially, have been tamped down over the last year and a half now because of this bullshit and I there's no way they're not heavily invested in both of those things you know what I mean of um, course but but I mean this is the same type of stuff that was the catalyst for in World War II with uh, with Japan yep. you know you you think that you can just use financial sanctions and you know kick kick rush off a of swift and um, steal I mean they steal they stole hundreds of billions of dollars of their reserves from the central banks yeah. like that is that's real serious stuff and the oligarchs take that personally oh, too yeah, yeah. And, and they're pissed I'm so sure they like, I'm sure they weren't thrilled that the CIA blew up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline either fuck no yeah dude um so it's like these that, guys that's still have pe egos. Pe people people tried to pin that like a, as a false flag on Russia I'm like there's no fucking way the oligarchs would have allowed Putin to stay in power. They would have clipped that dude immediately if he had of done course. that to himself. There's no fucking I, way. I knew it day of. I tweeted out, oh, CIA just blew up the Nord Stream. Because I was like, there's no fucking way. I mean, I didn't know it was CIA for sure. sure but I yeah. knew for fucking certain it wasn't Russia. Yeah. It could have been MI6. It could have been, you know, some NATO member. It could have been Germany for all I know. But, um, yeah, it's uh, we are we are awash in, you know, the fog of war, as they say. Yeah. And it, it's, it's ugly right now. A lot of this stuff doesn't make any fucking sense. Like... Um, and here, here's what I think. So people ask me a lot of time about about this. Well, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Um, in the broader culture, even here's what I think. Corporate America is losing billions of dollars right now from this woke bullshit they've been trying to pull lately. It is not just Budweiser, Bud Light, or Anheuser Busch. Target has lost billions of dollars and, and a ton of market share. A lot of these companies have Disney too, man. Yeah, Disney as well. Um, <clears throat> when all this alphabet soup bullshit rainbow bullshit started people seemed to think and still a lot of people still think i get this all the time uh that they're just trying to bilk the the community whatever the fuck that means and their supporters out of money and you know that's occam's razor that's the simplest answer so maybe there's some credibility to that but that's not what's happening you know they, they've been losing every time one of these countries steps out on a limb like our company steps out on a limb like that whether it's espn or their parent Disney or ABC, who's done it as well. Any of these companies, they always lose money and market share. So yeah. if that's the case, then it has to be about something else, right? And I think it's about the ESG, DEI globalist bullshit. And the reason they're doing it isn't to make money. Um, it is to destroy, ch to challenge and destroy our collective epistemology, right? It, mm -hmm. it is the last paragraph of 1984. 
in the end, the state would say, or the party would say that two plus two equals five, and you'd have to believe it because the logic of their position demands it, right? That statement isn't about brainwashing people necessarily. And it's not about, it's not just about destroying the truth. It's about, it's about destroying the truth because when you're in power and you destroy the truth, then you get to control what the truth is moving forward. Right. Yeah. And then anybody, well, that, it's about anybody fealty. that challenges, sure. Yeah. And anybody that challenges it is a domestic violent extremist or a conspiracy theorist or this or that. And then ultimately you can weaponize, you don't have to stand up a fucking Gestapo to go after these people because you manufacture consent and then people will go after their colleagues on their own, their family members on their own. And we're seeing it happen over the last 10 years. People just don't talk to their family members anymore because they didn't yeah. want to get a vaccine or they did. Some people don't talk to their family members who do get vaccines. Like, dude, do what the fuck you want. You know, right. but that that's... Uh, we- we created the brown shirts. We, we just didn't change our clothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> that, really, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, because I, I was a finance guy, um, when I when I first started to see marketing campaigns that were absolutely insulting to a customer base, I immediately went into study mode. I was like, I got to figure this out because I'm an entrepreneur. Like, I, I'm fascinated by this. And, and about two and a half years ago, I discovered the ESG um, DEI cabal and the fact that you know ca- came from the United Nations in 2004 yeah. and the World Economic Forum propagated it to the you know most wealthy and powerful. And it's um, not about old, making money, right? Darks. It's not because no. they're losing money. So there's got yeah. to be some other reason that they're doing this shit. No, it's it's about remaking the world in their image, but it's also about suppressing competition. That's the real key here. It's like. Yes, you ultimately, you do lose money short term, but long term, because you've created this all powerful state that's able to regulate and suppress any competitor that's trying to rise up because they don't have an ESG score. They don't have a human rights council, you know, rating that's adequate enough to get a loan from any of these corporate uh, or these financial tycoons, uh, BlackRock, State Street, etc. You can't get any finance. So how the fuck do you compete with Disney? Oh, you can't. You can actually rise up. Oh, but but I mean, still we have the internet. We can we can find our way through the decentralized uh, information stream. Oh well, no, you can't actually because we have a censorship apparatus that's being rolled out across all social media, YouTube, etc. Blah blah blah. It's like they're they're trying to crack down on all competition. This is completely anti-free market. This is why it's so incumbent for the conservatives to wrap their their minds around this because the left doesn't believe in capitalism anyways. So I need the right on this one because I don't have enough libertarians to fight this fight. So I've been, I mean, I really have made like put a stake in the ground. Like, yo, this is the line. <laughs> Whether you you know love trans people or you hate them or whatever, that's not the point. It has nothing to do with any of that. It is about conquest through financial malfeasance. It is ultimately against the fiduciary responsibility. I think it is criminal liability that Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, has uh, has committed. But until people understand it, uh, they're really fighting the wrong fight. So we'll see. I'm doing my best. Yeah, same. Uh, well, look, this has been informative. Well, but good. There's a lot more to do, obviously. But <clears throat> I think it's uh, a lot of people will come to you with ideas. A lot of people will come to you with ideologies, um, with messages. I think this is I, – I think that – libertarianism is a message of of hope that requires a little bit of personal responsibility and time will yep. tell over the next you know five or ten years if people start 
performing some of the responsibilities required of them to secure their own citizenship or if they continue to capitulate to you know state power and and let the state do whatever the fuck it wants you know what i mean it's gonna that the next 10 years will decide whether or not there's a civil war in this country frankly i um, could not agree more man so we'll yeah, see what I happens think, i think at its core libertarianism is about you know empowerment of the individual and if that's not if that doesn't you know imbue some hope in you you got to check your pulse man like that that means that you're capable of reclaiming human liberty in your lifetime that's a fucking beautiful message um, that's what inspired me. That's that's the you know the flame that I function off of every single day. That's why I leap out of bed and I'm so excited to do what I do every single day. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to like give that that light to more people, man. I need more people. I need more people that have stopped giving up on yourself, on this nation, on our philosophy, on our belief in human liberty. Like these are these are fucking really important ideals, and they are absolutely on the ropes. So um, I hope I hope people are are inspired and. Well, let's pray, man. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens. Well, tell everybody where they can find you uh, on social media, where they can find your shows and all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at Liberty Lock Pod on Twitter. Uh, Joe Rogan followed me two days ago. Fucking mind blowing. Super exciting for me. Uh, and uh, yeah, Liberty Lockdown on YouTube, Rumble, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. Sweet. Clint Russell. Thank you so much for having me. Man. Yeah, thanks for coming today, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a good conversation. And thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen.